Hello there, and welcome to The Forum, our first ever staff podcast. My name is Pamela Graham, and I'm the Head of Learning and Development at Staff, and I'll be hosting this edition of The Forum. We've chosen the name deliberately. As many of you know, the Scottish Through Care and Aftercare Forum is 21 years old this year. Way back in the beginning, we were affectionately known by members, practitioners, managers and young people as The Forum. Lots of things have changed over the last 21 years, but our purpose hasn't. This podcast is just one of the new ways we're seeking to inform and engage with you, our members, on the latest policy, practice and research on issues impacting the lives of care leavers. Many of you will have been at our national conference last November, where we focused on the topic healing from trauma and moving on. We had loads of speakers and we explored together the impact adversity and trauma, particularly in our early years, can have throughout our lives. It's something we're all increasingly aware of, and I know many of you are keen to know how we can use that knowledge to improve the lives of the young people we work with. One of the highlights of the day was Dr Karen Treesman, a clinical psychologist who's worked in children's services across the UK and Ireland for several years. Karen took us through how our organisations can move towards being more trauma-informed and how we can be more trauma-responsive in our everyday practice. One of the things we're passionate about at staff is improving how we support the workforce to enable the workforce to better support the young people that they're working with. After all, you can't pour from an empty glass. So how do we support workers so that they in turn can support young people to form the relationships that are crucial to a trauma-informed approach? We caught up with Dr Treesman at our conference and asked her that question and here's what she said. Lots of things. I think partly it's actually caring for the worker and creating a team around the worker. I think workers so often feel under-resourced and full up and dysregulated themselves. So I think it's actually creating environments that support the worker so that they can actually be those safe hands and thinking minds and regulating body for the young people through supervision, through reflective practice, through wellness programmes, through helping them understand their own triggers and their own hotspots. We're interested in finding out what that looks like in practice. So I'm here today at Tremana, a home just outside Falkirk, which provides residential care to children. I'm with Pauline Connolly, who has been here for eight years. Hi, Pauline. Hi. Thanks for having us. Tell us a little bit about Tremana and the service that you provide here. So Tremana is a long-term children's home, and as you said, we're in Slamanan, just outside Falkirk, and we can provide support for young people from the age 11 up until 21. And we also keep in touch and keep relationships with all our young folk that move on and we currently look after and continue to support another 10 young people that have moved on for Tremana. We formed a model of care a few years ago recognising the importance of relationships and also how we get staff and young people to work together. We've done that very much with the young folk and the, the staff team so they were able to recognise the principles that are underpinning the way that we're supporting young people and that model focuses on relationships, well-being, independence and interdependence and lifelong learning. So we really focus on relationships and the importance of relationships and the importance of mutual respect for each other. And that works for colleagues as well within our service. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you came to those themes when you were developing your model? We had a development day, all our development days we do with our staff team and our young people as well and again that's about relationships and learning for each other and we we asked the staff team and the young people to pinpoint what was important to them so what was important 
in a working environment and also what was important for the young people to get out of the adults that were working with them and caring about them. And it was very much that young people were saying very similar things to what I suppose professionals say, you know, <laughs> we need to put boundaries in place, we need to be able to keep kids safe and young people were wanting that but they also recognised the importance of relationships and adults in their life that love them and care about them. Yeah. And I think at that point, um, it was like the light bulb moment that went on is about saying, we love these kids and we care about these kids, but these kids want us to know that we love them and care about them and it's actually all right to do that yeah. and to take away the red tape and say, you know what, we're going to go for this and we're yeah. going to see how this works. And we call it the Tramana model and it's been developed over the years in different ways and very much a natural process so when staff, new staff come in or new kids come in they, they are aware of that, that is about the relationships there with each other as well and being honest and open communication and learning for each other. It's a really lovely environment at Tramana, I think you feel very welcomed as soon as you come in the door, there's lots of pictures of the young people and the different experiences that they've had with staff on the wall, so it's a really lovely environment that you've created. Can you tell us a wee bit about the thinking around about that? Were staff involved in that and were young people involved in that? I think that comes for our model as well and in terms of independence and interdependence I think sometimes we do get caught up when younger people are hitting the ages 15 and 16 we're talking about independent living yeah. and we spoke about that throughout the years and various young people and that is about creating memories and learning for each other and experiential learning because you're more likely to remember cooking alongside your key worker rather than that being imposed on you so it's about learning for memories and being able to create a vision of the memories mm. and also for young people that are moving in, showing them what they can expect for their time at Tramana and then thereafter as well. And the staff almost mirroring that with each other in their day-to-day conversations. So you'll find very much when staff come in, they'll bring their animals and their pets and the staff will share their experiences with the young people. It's very much open mm. rather than sometimes you find that, you know, maybe staff will not want to talk about their families or because it's that isolated them and us mm-hmm. and that's been completely done away but it's very open and it's an extended family yeah. so it is the yeah. Tramana family yeah. It sounds then that you're asking and staff are willing to bring their whole selves yeah. to work how do you then as senior worker support staff who are bringing their whole selves? I think no matter what you do it has to be natural you mm-hmm. can't force somebody to be something they're not yeah. But certainly if you're supporting staff to be their natural self, then they will feel comfortable in doing that and more likely to show their self that way. We've got nine full-time staff, three part-time staff, who all bring different things to the table. They all bring different experiences and activities and hobbies. The kids appreciate that, and the kids appreciate that honesty, that, you know, we're not going to ask one of our staff members that are 65 years old that they're wanting to go up a hike up Ben Nevis because it's not a natural thing and it's mm-hmm. not a comfortable thing to do, but it's recognising that that's all right as well. Yeah. And it's also recognising for each individual kid they're not going to be interested in the same thing and recognising and valuing that individuality and celebrating that. Mm-hmm. But it's about allowing that block sometimes that I think can happen when residential care because you're so frightened that you might overstep the mark or, you know, what other agencies might feel or what the local authority might feel if you're going on a concert with a young person and you're knowing work's time. I think we need to be quite brave and allow our staff to be quite brave and allow our staff to feel empowered. And when things don't go right, that we support our staff to recognise and unpick where it hasn't went right and learn for that. But also celebrate when things have went well and, you know, be able to share that as good. that's good practice and this is the way we go forward because... 
kids need you when the residential homes, but kids also continue to need you when they've moved on because you are their family. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural thing for staff to want to do that when kids have moved on as well because you have been part of their life for so long and it's understandably and a completely natural thing to love and care about kids. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, Pauline, about how you support staff to understand trauma? Because we know, don't we, that many young people who are in residential care or foster care or whatever care setting that they're living in have experienced unnatural levels of trauma. How do you support your staff to understand that? I think that's through allowing time to be able to sit and reflect and having 10-15 minutes because residential care, all care settings, all professionals, all the social work professions are stressful profession. You almost soak up trauma that's round about you, you soak up anxieties that staff are experiencing, you, you get that for colleagues, it's a very fast paced working environment, you need, to, you need to respond to different things, we don't always get it right, we don't always make the right decision, we don't always react in the best ways that we react because you're almost mimicking that conflict cycle that we're seeing with kids. But it's about allowing staff the time to sit down and unpick how that feels, why that behaviour's apparent, and also giving time to reflect on that child's experiences and history and how that then plays out in life circumstances. But again, it is about not chastising your staff team when sometimes we don't get it right and we don't make the, the right call. It's about being able to support and making that a learning environment. Mm-hmm. So you're almost... <coughs> mirroring the environment that you've got for kids to be able to learn when they're coming into a residential service, learn, feel loved, feel compassion, be supported to take risks, be supported when things don't work out. You're doing that with the staff team because you're protecting them and learning and reflecting and allowing to take risks and supporting when it doesn't go right and praising when it goes well. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you keep in contact with young people who've moved on? By text, by phone, by going to visit, by travelling up and down the country, by mm. paying for train fares to get young people back, by paying for activities. We've got a charity we set up to be able to financially support young folk when they moved on, specifically for young folk that have left Tramana. It's Friends of Tramana, we've got a Facebook page. Being creative and allowing staff to be creative as well, to understand how important it is for these kids not just for staff to be able to keep in touch, but they keep in touch with us to come back to their secure base where they've been brought up, to realise that you know kids are going to be stuck when they're 21 and they're also going to be stuck when they're 26, but you know there's no time limit on family, so it's about being able to have that continual process of being able to support them, not only emotionally but financially as well, because that's realistic and that's like we would do with any of our kids yeah. um, as parents. So by being able to have that financial provision and being a bit creative about how we're going to get that, it's allowing, you know, last weekend there, two kids that have moved on, um, we paid for an activity for them to go trampolining and we paid for the train fares so they could go and meet up in a central location and then the staff went and picked them up and took them back down the road. Mm -hmm. So it's just as important for our kids that have moved on to keep that connection as for the kids that we've we've got in Mm -hmm. Shimano. And equally important for young people to keep in contact with each other. Absolutely. Um, mm. After they've moved on. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's, you know, you've been brought up with... It is, it's an extended family. Mm-hmm. So it maybe not always be they want to come back to Tramana for their dinner on a Tuesday night. <laughs> it might be they want to meet up in Glasgow and go for a pint, but they've not got the finances to do it. Yeah. But social isolation and to keep in touch with your extended family, whoever that may be, is equally as important as Absolutely. coming back to your mum's house for your tea. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Can we go back then, Pauline? You were talking about how you gave staff time to reflect on their practice. And it's important, I think, that you mentioned when things go right as well as things go wrong, because we can often get bogged down, can't we, in the what went wrong and how can we make it better? Do you think then that that impacts on supporting the young people to develop relationships in terms of their trauma? Does that support the, the healing of the young people? I think sometimes we can get into situations where when things go wrong we can get quite defensive. We kind of brush it off and our barriers go up because that's a protective defence mechanism, very similar to kids that we support. Yeah. And it is about mirroring. And we speak about this quite a lot in Shamana and we'll say, you know, I can hold my hands up when I've not got it right. And it's to break down that sense of preciousness and also to be able to mirror that in front of kids to say, I didn't get that right. Mm-hmm. To have the ability to go back and apologise. And when you see that actually working in practice, it goes from crisis point to zero mm-hmm. and completely de-escalates the situation. And it's the ability to be able to say, we didn't get that right, but also the ability for staff to know that they're, they're safe to mm-hmm. do that yeah. and they're in a safe place to do that. And yeah. you, you know, you're not going to get penalised and you're not going to be spoke about you're going to be supported and that's a really important point i think isn't it because we talk about creating safe environments for young people but equally we have to create safe environments for practitioners to do their thing really Mm -hmm. and to you know people come into this field of work because they want to help and support young people is there anything in particular that you do here to encourage that safety amongst your staff team i think it is about knowing and I suppose, you know, I've got a luxury where I've been here for eight years, going on nine years, and my staff team hasn't changed, and we're a really close staff team. We're all very different, but it's about leading that in a way that almost making mistakes and being able to say, I got that wrong, is as much celebrated as when you say, look, mm-hmm. this is a really good piece of work to do. Yeah. And creating a space doesn't just need to be in supervision. It can also be, you know, come on, we'll get ten minutes, because this is, you know, that's stressing you, and... Mm-hmm. You know, you've just been swore at 15 times in the past half an hour. I think you need to take 10 minutes and come on, we'll have a blather. And also colleagues being able to go, you know, I've got this, you take a step back and I'll I'll, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And no feeling that that's a weakness on your part. And I remember years gone by where I've been in situations myself where you almost felt like you had to prove yourself be putting yourself out there and dealing with all the crisis all the time. And understanding that that's no healthy way to practice mm. and it's not a healthy way to show your staff team that's how you practice because ultimately that's how you burn out and it's no healthy for the kids and it's no healthy building relationships with the kids either. So be taking away that almost model of working, I think it's quite a prehistoric way of working where you're out, the first one, staff in the office, first one out dealing with situations is about being there all the time mm-hmm. and being able to go, do you know, we're a child and an adult, we just need to step apart for 10 minutes and then we'll come back. So when you first started then, um, eight, nine years ago, what steps did you take to create that culture that you've got here now? When I started eight, nine years ago, I came from um, a, a resource where it was 16 to 25 year olds and it was a homeless provision. It was very much, when I, I started there, it was a closed door, a sign in the door saying do not enter and that was the first thing that came off mm-hmm. and it was about kids coming in and speaking to you in the office and sitting on the desk and getting their building relationships that way. You had to use all your skills, you had to use your whole self to build yep. that relationship. You had to be able to share some of yourself to allow these kids that had been through all that trauma to be able to trust you to be able to share some of their self. 
And I think coming into a residential setting with younger kids and seeing different frameworks that have been there, I could almost pinpoint where we maybe not always getting it right, where we weren't using our whole self, where we were quite shut down, where it would be, you know, we need to go out and deal with that, and, you know, that was that's then a consequential way of working, and then, you know, we're going to retreat. And there was no flow there about how you're going to mend that relationship and keep that relationship. It's very much, I'm the adult, this is what you're doing because mm-hmm. I'm the adult and I'll put in the consequences. We had a, a placement breakdown, one of our young people, they moved on. And that was really hard for the staff team because we had them for a long time. And again, it was about, you know, this young person was quite challenging and our way of working, maybe we, we didn't get the relationship but at all. And I think we just had to come together and there needed to be something that we were putting in place. It wasn't them and us. It wasn't the Tramana staff team and the kids. It was the Tramana family. This is what we're going to be doing as a collective service and this is how we want it to look like. And I suppose I wasn't surprised, but every single person that came with that development day, the full staff team, the full young people group, all said the same about what they wanted from my service. You know, they wanted it to be a nice environment. They wanted to share information about each other. They wanted boundaries in place. They wanted mutual respect. We're not saying different things here, and this is this is this can work, and it has worked. Yeah. And it is creating that culture, and it is bringing your staff team on to say, look, this is you know really good. This is look what we're achieving. We're going away on holiday. We're we're doing all these things. We're keeping in touch with young folk. Young folk are coming back. And it gives you a great sense to be able to go home and go, you know, that's a really good place to work. <laughs> and feel happy and drive down the road laughing about something that somebody said and yeah. just getting that buzz out of it. So there's a lot of conversation in Scotland just now about love and loving the care system. You've mentioned love more than once and it appears to be something that is very natural mm-hmm. and you talk about um, very naturally. Can you explain a little bit about what that looks like in practice here? Some people get confused at times when we talk about love that it's you're going to go into a, a service and it's going to be everybody singing with their guitars and cuddling each other all the time. But love really is being able to say to somebody that's maybe disappeared for the full weekend and came back, we were so worried about you. Do you know how worried we were? We care about you. We don't want this to happen to you again. That is love and that's a felt love. And then there is times where you know somebody's done something really well and you're cuddling and saying, they love you to bits. And... You hear it on the phone when Laura's phoning up at three times a day to say you got that aye 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 right. It's a to- it's it's a natural way of doing it, but it doesn't need to be flowery all the time. And there's some kids where I'm a cuddly person and I'll go good here she comes and it's like they've no got a chance to get away from me. There's other staff in here that will no they're no cuddly people, but that's all right. But they will genuinely say I was worried sick about you. Thanks very much, Pauline, for sharing with us today about your experiences here in Tramana and how the relationships that you form support both staff and young people. We've enjoyed visiting you. and Thanks for the coffee. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. If you're interested in learning more about how you can lead cultural shift in your organisations and become more trauma-informed and trauma-responsive, Dr Karen Treesman's coming back on the 8th of May to spend a day with us. She'll take us through how we become more trauma-informed where we can realise the impact of trauma, recognise the signs and resist re-traumatisation and respond by fully infusing trauma knowledge into everything that we do. More information and booking details are available on our website, www.staff.scot.
forward slash events. Thanks again for listening to this first edition of the forum. If you enjoyed the conversation today, like it, comment and share on Twitter and Facebook. And to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts, you can sign up to our monthly newsletter at staff.scot forward slash newsletter. Mm-hmm.